Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Good morning again. Let's, um, if we could just read a piece of scripture together, together. it's John 1, 14. If you'll put that up, um, if y'all got good eyes, you can, hopefully you can see that, but I'll read it with you, and, and the young people will follow along. <laughs> so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we... And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. That's um, out of the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. And, you know, what a beautiful piece of Scripture that is. Amen? And it's kind of humbling that God came to this earth and put on human flesh just so that we would have the ability to one day have everlasting life with him in heaven. And um, today we're going to celebrate the coming and the birth of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do it through some scripture. And we're going to start by going to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, if you want to go there with your Bibles. And we will talk about the birth of Jesus and the shepherds. And we're going to have a great time doing that. Amen? Amen. So... Let's pray and ask that the Spirit would just kind of jump on us a little bit this morning. You know, I know that um, sometimes you got to slow down. This is Christmas Eve. We've all, who's been in a store shopping in the last 48 hours? I had to wake up at 2.30 and take an anti-inflammatory because my right foot felt like it had a toothache in it. <laughs> it's like boom, boom, boom. I was like, I started to wake up. Barbara's like, I think we got to go to the doctor. This thing was hurting. And I got to thinking, it's like, well, you walked here and you walked there and you were in a hurry. And it's all this stress and anxiety that can come. And, and, and I don't think God wanted us to be intended for us to be fighting over something in a store. You know, I stood in the Coles line for an hour. It was like a ride at Carowinds, you know, but you got to meet people. <laughs> so I just wanted to know if we could maybe, can we all just come together and pray? And then we can take the next one hour and dedicate that one hour to experiencing more of God. We ain't going to ask for two, but we can know we can say one hour, God, I want to hear from you and I want to fall deeper in love with you. Can we pray and ask God for that right now? Lord God, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would let your Holy Spirit consume us. No matter what we have going through our minds right now, Lord. All the things that we need to get done. All the things that we wished we would have done. Even the relationships that we wished were restored or the missing of someone that is gone. But Lord God, may we take the next 60 minutes and just let you have all of us. The next 60 minutes to just lay in your arms, to cry on your shoulder, to laugh, to celebrate, to, to think of and experience Jesus, Jesus, our Savior, 
our Messiah, God here on earth. Lord, would you let your spirit open up our hearts, our eyes, so that we can have our hearts transformed by your love. And we pray all of this in his name. Amen. Jesus. So, we're going to kind of, I don't know how fast this is going to go, but we'll have a good time with it. But um, we're going to start off reading the first seven verses of chapter 2 of Luke. I'm reading out of the NLT, and you're more than welcome to follow along with me. It says, At that time, in the, Ro- the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So I just want to kind of set up the story, the scene. I love to tell stories. If you had never got to come to the Dream Center Church, I'm the pastor, Paul, here, and I'm a storyteller. I believe that that the the scriptures are a collection of 66 books, and, and there are countless and numerous stories throughout the Bible as people would communicate who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. So let me just kind of set up this story. So talking about from Nazareth to Bethlehem, we hear that and we talk about that and we share that story, the Christmas story. It's 94 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The thing is, 94 miles doesn't seem like an awful lot to us because we will jump in the car and drive from here to Florence or maybe from here to um, just about Greensboro or Statesville or something, so, so 94 miles, ah, it's not, um, Mary was riding a donkey. I don't know if y'all heard that. Mary was nine months pregnant, riding a donkey, and all the ladies said, ooh. <laughs> she was 94 miles on a donkey, and, and, I, and I did some research on this, and, and a lot of the historians think that they could have maybe made 10 miles per day. About 10 miles per day is what Joseph and Mary and the donkey could have made because it was hills, it was flat plains, it was hills, it was woods, it was the things that you had to go through. Um, just think that if you've got a 10-mile trek and, you, and, you, and you're taking your nine-month pregnant betrothed wife, girlfriend on a trip, I don't know if any of you men ever tried to go to the other side of town with a pregnant wife. There's two bathroom stops. And so, knowing that, the water that would have had to be packed on this little donkey, along with the food, which was all bread, and maybe some oils. So you think, you got to get yourself in the imagery. And all of this was coming because a governor, a political figure, said that you've got to go back and take a census so that we could count the heads in order that we may be able to get our tax dollars. 
It wasn't like they said, Let's, Mary, you have baby, and we're supposed to have this baby in a manger over in Bethlehem. That wasn't it. They didn't have excitement about getting up and taking this track. It ain't like, we, hey, we're going to get up, and we're going to go to the beach, and we're going to set up our umbrellas, and we're going to have all these things. It's like, it's not, it was a chore. We've got to remember that, that Joseph and Mary were ordered to go so that they may be counted in order that they may be taxed appropriately. And so was all the other people. So when they got to Bethlehem, there's around two to 3,000 people in this little town. Didn't have a Marriott, didn't have the hotel road, didn't have any other way. And there was no place to sleep. Ends up getting put into a manger. Now, the manger that we grew up seeing is this little stick figure with the roof. This was more probably a place cut out of a cliff. That it would be a, more of a cave that, that could be protecting livestock from the weather, the elements, the animals. And it was a manger in a way that had a trough for feeding. And that's where they were going to lodge. And let's not forget that Mary and Joseph was from Nazareth. What was Nazareth, Nazareth noted for? Nothing good. Nothing good. <laughs> Man said, nothing good. We know that because it even says that. What good could come out of Nazareth? Man, what a sense of humor our Father in heaven must have. Wow. So let's pick this story up now, and we're going to read through the rest of the, the chapter. Well, not the entire chapter, but the, 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 the shepherds and the birth of Jesus, and we're going to break down... I think it's around verse 14 or 15. We'll see. And it says, starting with verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Verse 11 and 12, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Isn't that kind of cool? This mom and dad had then gotten to a place, put into a place that wasn't very comfortable. And this young girl... Not even in her 20s yet. Just gave birth to the Savior of the world. They didn't even, couldn't even fathom the complexity of what had happened. And here's these angels that's fixing to come about these shepherds. So this flawless sacrificial lamb. God placed his son in a manger to show all who would believe that they now have a flawless sacrifice. And you think about Jesus, this perfect sacrifice, flawless. He was going to take away all the works, it was going to be done. So, what joy the shepherds must have felt who had devoted their lives. 
in watching over the lambs in the fields to come to embrace that perfect lamb that had been born. See, because as I was studying through this and just thinking through this, these shepherds, that was not a job that was just super desirable. But if you think about the history of the scriptures, God always used the shepherd when he was fixing to do something great. You know, David, he's like, hey, you don't have any more sons? Well, I got one more. He's out in the field shepherding the flock. Oh, we're not going to eat. Y'all go get him. And then God and his angel, God showed up and his angels showed up to these shepherds and starts telling them about what's happening. And it got me to really thinking, these shepherds not only shepherded these flocks for people to consume food, but they shepherded these flocks because they needed the perfect sacrifice to atone for the sin of the people. They were constantly looking for the flawless lamb. And, when I, and that jumped all over me. The gravity of what God was communicating to them through the angels hit me like a ton of bricks. These men had been shepherding this flock looking for the flawless sacrifice that never could be born here on earth other than if God came down himself and took upon flesh. And that's what happened when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a manger. He was placed where the flawless sacrifice would be placed. A sheep. A lamb. In, in verse 12 of the New King James Version. Reads that baby Jesus, Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloths. I'm going to read this. I kind of copied and pasted something I was studying. It says Jesus was wrapped in clean linen swaddling cloths. In the same way newborn lambs destined for sacrifice in the holy temple were wrapped in at birth. They were wrapped in a cloth held by strips of cloth. The swaddling was intended to keep the lambs protected, unblemished, and unharmed. And we know that there's mamas now that swaddling is a big thing. You, have a, you see a mama walking around somewhere, there's a baby that can't move because they've been swaddled, right? And that baby's like, I told my daughter, like, baby, you sure this baby could be all right? Oh, she's fine. I'm like, she can't even breathe. You got her compressed. But the swaddling was to protect something that was very valuable to the mother. So Mary was a good mother. So swaddling, there's no historical facts in the scripture that says that, that, that the reason Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloth was because he was going to be the sacrifice. But that is a, a reference to know that these young newborn lambs were wrapped in swaddling cloths as well. And, and what a reference to understand that here's this little baby that came to rescue the world from its sin. <clears throat> Christ came down out of glory for one specific mission. To restore a lost people and to make a way for this lost people to have an everlasting relationship with the Father in heaven. Sin broke the ability for us to have a relationship with the Father in heaven. Our sin, our rebellion. But Jesus Christ, through his life and sacrifice and blood, made a way that we may have that relationship with the Father again. And Christ accomplished this by being the perfect, 
unblemished sacrifice. Verses 13 and 14 of Luke 2, it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So if you read that and you're like, well, so God's pleased with some, but he's not with others. And this group gets the, the, the love and this group doesn't. So if you look that up and you start studying it, God is pleased with anyone who is willing to confess that Jesus is Lord. So if you want to read that and like, well, God's pleased. Is he pleased with me? He gives you an opportunity. To be a part of his family through Jesus. And if you accept and receive that gift of Jesus Christ. Yes, he is pleased with you. For who he is pleased with. Hmm. To those with whom God is pleased. Meaning to the ones who acknowledge Jesus as Savior. And you know what? It also says of Beautiful word in the scripture. It says peace. That if you believe, God is pleased. And if you believe, you will have peace. I didn't say joy, happiness, you know. There could be hard times and tough times and death and sickness and, and broken relationships. We live in a broken world. Why wouldn't we experience broken things? But God said that if you believe that this Jesus, this baby that's going to grow up with this sinless life, that if you place your trust and your faith in Jesus, understand it, and he went to the cross for you and your sin, and that he, was, he died and he rose again and he ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father, that if you believe that, you will have peace if you trust him with your life. John three sixteen through 18, let me read it all. We always talk about John 3, 16. I love it. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. See, the angels are not declaring God's benevolence to all humanity. They are celebrating his mercy to those who follow his will by accepting his son. The word mercy is a big word, huh? You ever played mercy? Yeah, some of you boys, even the girls, man, you ever got beaten by a girl playing mercy? Not fun. But to know that there is a God that created the heavens and the stars and the earth that has the power to just do away with all humanity. But has shown us mercy in our disobedience by sending his son Jesus to die in our place where we deserve death. That is mercy. And that's what the angels were talking about. Again, the path to peace is believing that Jesus is Lord and surrendering to him. The Bible says in John 6, 28 and 29, it says, They replied, We want to perform God's works. 
talking about the disciples that was walking with Jesus. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Hmm. You know what good news that is for me and for you? Is that we don't have to go around working and trying to be something that we can't be. Thinking that God will accept us if we just get it right today. Just believe in the one that God sent. And he will work it all out. So Luke 2, 15 through 16 says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. See, even as a baby child, these shepherds has encountered God. They had, as a baby lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloth, they had walked into the presence of God. And it changed their lives forever. They ran out of that stable, out of that cave, and they couldn't keep their mouths shut about what they had experienced. And it says that they told everyone, celebrating. <laughs> but in the same way, when we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, we can't help but share this. Right? I bet everybody in this room that comes to this church on a consistent basis invited someone. Now, there's a good chance they probably didn't show up. <laughs> but your life has been dramatically changed. You've encountered Jesus in whatever way and however that looked for you. But you've encountered Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus, it drastically transforms your life. Maybe not everything at once. But boy, something just changed, doesn't it? Where all of a sudden you had such deep anxiety and you didn't know about how things were going to work out that you had this peace. Yeah. Ain't she beautiful? Peace. Nineteen and twenty, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The shepherds had peace because they could finally grasp hope. They saw and chose to believe. I said something. All the women's. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you been working and toiling and wondering why you're working and trying to figure out what's going on? Do you think these shepherds may have ever experienced that? 
Night after night after night after night after night after night after night. It wasn't no five days a week. I'm talking about these sheep had to be fed, looked after, put up, taken care of, wild animals killed, bandaged, protected, separated, sheared. All this thing had to happen every day, toiling, toiling, and working, and working, and working. Why? Because we're looking for the perfect sacrifice so that our sins may be atoned for. And maybe this one that we take to the priest will be acceptable. Maybe the next one, maybe the next one, maybe the next one. Until the perfect lamb showed up. And his name was Jesus. And these shepherds finally encountered an unblemished lamb. They encountered Jesus. Jesus Christ came to this broken land to restore lost and broken people. We are included in this statement. Apart from Christ, we are starved from peace and hope. Apart from Christ, we will wander over this land year in and year out, not being able to fully explain why our life never has significance. Apart from Christ, we will do anything to try to bring ourselves to a place of finding understanding. But with Christ, we will be able to stand in the midst of pure adversity and challenges daily with trials and tribulation, with all hell going on around us, and say, I have peace. Not because I'm anything significant, but because of the one who lives inside of me has came and made a way. That is... That's a worth a hallelujah. Amen. 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 The only way we can embrace this restoration and ultimately peace is by believing. Do you believe? See, it's a faith thing, right? And, and, and everybody in this room has got a different level of faith in who Jesus Christ is. And the deeper your faith grows and your belief of the things you can't see, what happens is it starts changing who you are and the actions that we do. It, it, it's something like you say, well, I do believe, but this is at the level I believe, so... Nobody ever gets called to be a missionary for the rest of their life into a third world country where there's no running water just because they want to be a good person. Men and women are called all over this world because their faith in who their Savior is has grown to a place where when he said go, they said, okay, don't understand it, but I'm going. And it's that faith that, that will come to us through experiences like these shepherds had. But friend, Jesus came over 2,000 years ago and he came into this world to establish a bridge to his father. And Christmas is a beautiful celebration of love, peace, and as a result, joy. But we know that he came for a purpose, to do something for his creation that we couldn't do for ourselves. 
But all you have to do is to turn to him. You got to turn to him and believe. Your beliefs will, will, will draw you into turning. If you say you believe, but you're not turning into following Jesus, do you really believe? If you say you believe in Jesus, but you're still putting more stock into what's going to happen in a politician or a person who's going to run for office, and then you're, you're doing for him, do you really believe? I believe we do follow people that are making good moral examples. But if I'm putting more of my stock in man than I am my Lord and Savior, do I believe at the level so that's where we got to ask God to grow our hearts and our faith. And that happens through experiences. And sometimes it's in the wilderness watching over stuff. I don't know what it'll look like for each of us, but it'll happen. So leave here today with a hope. With a hope that will not leave you nor forsake you. That's Jesus. And you might be saying, well, I don't know how to experience that depth and that level of that. Here's what I can offer. I can pray with you. There's people in this church that will lovingly ask you to come be a part of their group or to sit down and have coffee with them. And, and to be praying for you as you're figuring out what it looks like to experience that level of peace. It's a journey. You don't say a magical prayer today and all of a sudden stand up and all of your issues and problems are gone. Like Richard says, God didn't say he was going to not make you cross the Red Sea. But he was with those Israelites as they were crossing the Red Sea when he split it. He split the sea, but they still had to walk through it. Whatever you're going through, God will split it and make a way. But you still might have to walk through it. But isn't it nice knowing that we have the hope of the world walking with us through these difficult times? Amen. So, that hope is Jesus Christ, the perfect gift. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, as we celebrate his birth here on this earth. It's a celebration of an opportunity to live in fellowship with you forever and ever. So we thank you, Jesus, for making that sacrifice. We thank you for being rejected and spit upon, carrying the the anxieties and the sins of the world on your shoulders. But Lord God, we just ask right now that you would just open up the eyes of our heart that we may experience the fullness of who you are, who Jesus is, and let the Spirit of God seal us and grow us to be more of your image bearers. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.